KQED. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Jamidra. And we're two of the hosts of The, the Cooler. The harmony is off when Carly's not here. I know. <laughs> it was off last week too when you weren't here. <laughs> oh, that's right. We're, we're, we're like trading spaces here. Yeah. yeah. This week, we're going to take you on a little field trip to chase down the true origin of the term 420. And we're also going to use Cardi B's pregnancy reveal as an excuse to reflect on the accomplishments of boss-ass women, pregnant women specifically, and mothers. And we're going to share a story that proves how watching TV can save lives. Hello. Yes. So don't feel bad about being a couch potato anymore. Netflix, mm. turn it on, chill. All of a sudden, I feel accomplished. Yes. Yeah. We are joined by a very special guest host today. Her name is Olivia Allen Price, whom you might know from KQED's Bay Curious, mm-hmm. a podcast that answers questions about the Bay Area. Hey guys! Hi! Hi. Welcome, welcome, welcome! I'm so excited to be here. It's sort of been on my bucket list to be on the cooler, so I'm really excited. (laughs) I'm gonna pinch you. It's real life. Ah, I'm here! We've been wanting to do a crossover episode for so long, Mm -hmm. but we could never find the subject that made sense for both of our shows until now. Yes. (laughs) So last week we got this question from a member of the Bay Curious audience. Her name is Jess Lyons, and she wants to know about the origin of the slang term that you might be familiar with for marijuana. Mm -hmm. That is 420. Oh, you mean the Berkeley and Bay Area holiday? Yes. Yes. Okay. And it, it is a holiday. I mean... If you go to Golden Gate Park specifically mm-hmm. on 420, April 20th, it is, how would you describe it, Emmanuel? I Ooh. would say that they are sending smoke signals <laughs> to the helicopters buzzing above, doing the story about how everyone loves to get high on 420. Indeed. Huh. Yes. So Jess wanted to know, where did that term come from? And lo and behold, we found the answer. Did you? Oh, yeah. But before we tell you what the answer is, Jamidra, do you have any theories about where 420 comes from? Oh, um, it's a date, but maybe not. I have absolutely no idea. Well, don't worry about it. Because Educate me, please. We took a field trip up north to Marin County to discover the truth. And we found it. In the green hills of Marin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we ended up meeting a group of dudes named the Waldos. Mm, as in... Looking for and finding? Did they have on striped shirts and hats and maybe rimmed glasses? Yeah, we'll go with yes. All right, yes. We also trespassed on high school property. Oh. Don't tell anyone. There was a little bit of car karaoke to some marijuana jams. Oh, yeah. Nice. And we even petted a gentle cockatiel named Snowball. Or was was she Snowbell? Snowbell, Snowball, artist formerly known as both of those things. It was cute. Yeah, it was very cute. Was she high while you were petting her? He, how dare you? Oh, okay. Don't misgender (laughs) Snowball slash (laughs) Snowbell. Let's get in the car and discover. Oh. Let's listen. Hey, stoner. Hey. You ready to hotbox this car? I was born ready. (laughs) Let's do this. Let's go. Oh. (laughs) Okay, Olivia, what are we even doing in this car? Where are we going? All right, so we are on our way up to San Anselmo, where we are going to meet what you might call pot royalty. They are a crew of guys who claim to have invented the term 420. So it's a big week for stoners. A lot of people 
toke up at 4.20 p.m. most days, but it all culminates on April 20th, mm. the 4.20. 4.20, yeah. And we thought, what better than to figure out why this is a thing in culture. And what's wild about this is the history of 420 is actually based in the Bay Area. So we have access to the guys who claim to have been the first to coin the term. What a scoop. What a scoop. James Franco and Seth Rogen couldn't have had careers without these people. That's, that's a fresh take, hot take, that I'm just putting out there right now. So we did a little bit of research before heading on the road, and a lot of theories are out there about what 420 is. Some people think it's about Adolf Hitler. Wait, False. How would Adolf Hitler be involved with 420? His birthday is April 20th. Uh-huh. Okay. I've heard that it's also the, a police code. So like, you know, when they're on the police radio or yeah. whatever, they're like, oh yeah, guy has some 420 or whatever. Maybe they say that now. Maybe. Maybe the police code came after the Waldos. We're going to ask them yeah. that question and more. My name is Waldo Dave Reddix. Steve Capper, also known as Waldo. All the Waldos are all known as Waldo. Who is this? That is Snowbell, and he's most comfortable on my leg, just sitting there on my knee. He, that's home base for him. And what is he? He's a, a cockatiel. And he knows the theme song of which show? Uh, Andy, Andy, Andy Griffith's show. Andy Griffith's oh. show, yeah. <laughs> He's going, is this a threat? Is this a threat? <laughs> is a microphone, is that a threat? <laughs> he doesn't know. And why were you called the Waldos? We're all good friends, and we used to hang out on this wall in the middle of Santa Fe High School on campus, and that's why we're called the Waldos. We were the guys under the high school grandstands during the Friday night football game, and we were smoking a doobie. So take me back. What year is it when, when all this stuff starts to come to head? This was 1971. One day, I'm sitting on the wall, and a friend comes up to me, Bill McNulty. Him and his brother Patrick had a brother-in-law in the U.S. Coast Guard out at the Point Reyes Peninsula. And these guys in the Coast Guard were growing marijuana. And for some reason, somehow they thought that their commanding officer was going to bust them. They didn't want to get busted. They decided, oh, we're going to abandon this growing project. Bill comes to me, hey, I've got this map. My brother-in-law's in the Coast Guard. They can't pick it. Uh, they gave us permission. Yeah, let's go get it. It was a no-brainer. I mean, we're 16 years old, 17 years old. We have no money. It's free <laughs> weed. No-brainer. So we all decided we'd... we'd uh, meet after school. A couple of the guys had football practice and other guys had other after school activities. So we decided we'd meet at 4.20 p.m. on the campus of San Rafael High School in front of the statue of Louis Pasteur. Scientist? He's a scientist who created pasteurization for milk, beer, all kinds of stuff. So there's a statue on campus there. We'd meet there at 4.20. We'd get high. We'd hop into Steve's 66 Impala with a killer eight-track stereo, and we'd drive out there for, you know, two or three weeks, and we'd search for this patch. It's a, a four-door with big speakers in the back and all the music of the 70s. We are totally into all the music of the 70s. The, everything in the Bay Area. You had Elvin Bishop. You have the Grateful Dead. Everything, out, the everything out of England, the Who, the, you know, Beatles. Uh, the Santana. comes up, let's go find this pot. 
immediately we, we would remind each other in the hallways all day long. We'd see right. each other in the hallways. We'd go 420 Louis, meet at Louis Pasteur at 420. After a few weeks, we just dropped Louis and we just see each other and you, you smile and you go 420. And when we didn't find the patch, we started using 420 as a code for weed that we could use around our teachers, parents, cops, anybody. They didn't know what it was. It was our own little secret code. Was there one song or TV show or movie that solidified this as a phenomenon that had like gone past the five of you? Everybody mentions this, that there's in the movie Pulp Fiction, I guess there's a clock or something that, that set at 420. That was probably the, the first biggest event that I heard. Larry Schwartz, one of the Waldos, called up Steve and said, hey, we're seeing 420 everywhere on benches, spray painted. And uh, then- T-shirts, hats. T-shirts, hats. And then this is 1998, so Steve, it's already saw, getting, it's being slipped into the movies here yeah, and there. And he saw this travel agency, 420 Tours, and it was run by High Times. So he contacted them and they said, we'll put you in touch with uh, the editor of High Times, Stephen Hager at the time. Oh, Hager, he said, hey, I got what might be the real story here. And he talked to, to every his staff. To, to his staff. Everybody, and they're like, skeptical. Uh, oh, this is bullshit. Skeptical. You're going off on a limb there. He put himself out there. He, he said, hey, do you guys have any proof? I go, yeah, we've got actual physical evidence proof that we were using that term decades before anybody who knew what it was. He bought a ticket. He's on a plane. We spent a couple days with him of interviewing, uh, filming, uh, looking at all the, the physical evidence, which we now keep in a safe in Wells Fargo in a deposit box. Cause, uh, Sealed. In what's the number to get in? Just kidding. It's just <laughs> 420. You know, we're, 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 we're in the media more now. I don't want anybody ripping it off. So what kind of stuff can you find in the safe that proves that you guys are the legit originators of 420? Several letters that are dated, you know, stamped from the early 70s. One from me uh, to Steve telling him about my brother, Patrick, was a, uh, he was managing Phil Lesh of the Grateful Dead, had a couple side bands about 1974, 75. So he hired me as a roadie. And uh, there's a letter I wrote Steve telling him about this saying, hey, I'm doing this gig. I just smoked out with David Crosby and Phil Lesh and my brother's paying me 20 bucks to do this gig, 20 bucks. I've got a copy and, of it right here. And also it's at the end of the letter, I said, Steve, a little 420 for your weekend. So I rolled up a joint and I flattened it down with my hand and put it in the envelope and sent it to him. It starts out in the letter, Dear Waldo Steve, you see we're using Waldo way back there. Here it refers to my brother's Phil Lesh's manager here. And then here's a little 420 for your weekend. So when 420 comes around, obviously you guys talk to nosy people from the local NPR station like hey. us. Mm -hmm. Is this a fun time to like go back over these stories and be with each other? Or has it become kind of a chore that you just feel like every year you have to keep up the history? It's fun. We have fun. But... I have to admit, you know, that after, uh, on 421, it's like we take the Christmas lights down and take a deep <laughs> breath and go, ah, okay, we got through this year. What's happening next year? We don't advocate marijuana use for, you know, younger kids or children, but hey, it's worked for us. <laughs> Look at you now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, back in the car. Yes. We just learned a lot about 420. So much about 420. So I don't know about you, but I was inspired by their treasure map fantasy. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we should go on a mini treasure hunt 
We're not looking for weed, but we are looking for that statue of Louis Pasteur mm. at San Rafael High School. Okay. So let's go check it out. Let's do it. So we need to, what, type San Rafael High School into Google Maps? Yeah, Is that going to be our treasure map? Hey Siri, where's the closest Louis Pasteur statue? statue? Well, Emmanuel, <laughs> you need to go to San Rafael High School. Well, Siri, you sound different than usual. Now calculating the route. Take a left on Sir Francis Drake Boulevard. Doing it. Okay, we're on our way. Do you remember when you first heard the term 420? I had an older sister, and she introduced me to all the things that I shouldn't know. So I think it was in middle school, and she and her friends were mentioning 420. And I thought it was like illicit drugs like heroin. Oh, that's dark. Yes, and it's because D.A.R.E., Drug Awareness Resistance Education, told me that everything was very dire, and if you smoked weed, you were basically putting a needle in your eyeball. All I remember of D.A.R.E. is Officer Steinle, who taught D.A.R.E., who was like 24 years old and like a hot piece fresh out of the police academy. And I remember he came in and talked to us about drugs, and all I did was sit there and like, heart eyes emoji at him so hot we should find him on facebook <laughs> maybe that's the next big curious episode what happened to officer stanley yes where are you now and will you marry one of us <laughs> please please no big deal that you're already married you know polygamy is it's in it's in it's coming in i'll make it then so a listener of big curious sent in this question olivia what's your first dalliance with weed spoiler alert the listener is me (laughs) now that marijuana is like legal in california does that mean we can now be more open about who we were in the past when it was illegal you can stop pretending you have glaucoma Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) um okay so here's the story i was a freshman in high school i had this huge crush on this guy named ryan ryan would take me home a lot after school because he was a little older he could drive and there was one day we were kind of hanging out and he asked if I would like it if he would like do a shotgun on me. Someone takes a drag off the joint and then either they put their lips against yours and breathe it into you or sometimes you make like a little like tunnel with your hands and they kind of breathe into you that way. But it's a really intimate act. And so I remember when he was like, oh, do you want me to, like, shotgun you? And I'd seen some other people do shotguns, and I was like, yes. Not because I cared at all about the weed, but because I really wanted him to get that close to me. And so he took he took in a big, um, <laughs> a big breath. <laughs> and um, he, we did the tunnel version, much to my dismay. I would have preferred if we were touching lips. But he tunneled uh, around my mouth, and I remember just, like, inhaling the smoke out of his body into my body and like like kind of having my eyes peeked open a little bit and like looking at him while this was all happening and the funny thing is we we kissed some months later and I don't remember the kiss at all I don't remember our first kiss I do remember taking that draw off him though it was like the the hottest thing that does sound steamy hot And also, maybe you didn't remember the later kiss because you got high and that brain cell's gone. (laughs) Totally could be possible. So your story is basically informing all of us that the true gateway drug is kissing. Mm. 
not weed. Yeah. I mean, that's what got me in the door. Mm. Okay, so now that I've told my weed story, Emmanuel, you have to confess yours. Please tell. I was a late bloomer with the herb. It took me until college. And once I got there, I wanted to make up for lost time. I didn't have a pipe at first, so I did what anyone would do. I took a Sprite can, poked a hole in it, and that was my pipe for a good while. That sounds very dangerous. It's why I'm not as smart as I should be. (laughs) Yeah, just inhaling all of those aluminum fumes. Probably not great for my longevity on this planet. No, definitely not. I am a little curious. You didn't have any kind of pot experience in high school. Who who were you in high school? Like, were you a goody-goody or like a square? Or was it just like, I don't know, why, why, why so late? In high school, I was busy trying to realize my own felicity moment and move to New York. So I wanted good grades. I also was busy following around Jared Leto's band <laughs> around the Maryland, D.C. area. Mm-hmm. I did get to meet him. He was very nice, in case you're wondering. <laughs> but also... Didn't offer you any weed. He didn't. <laughs> yeah, imagine. My whole life could have been different mm-hmm. if he was just a little bit nicer and gave 16-year-old me some drugs. Yeah. Like, what's not? wrong with that? Nothing. But on a deeper note, because I knew I was gay, but no one else knew, I... A, wanted to be more invisible. I didn't want to get caught for doing anything bad because then your whole life is under a microscope. But also, when my Catholic school would find out or my parents would find out, who are also pretty conservative, I wanted my track record to be immaculate. Like, oh, well, he's a great kid, so that doesn't matter. Turns out the gay thing is enough for them to be dicks about stuff. Mm. So I think those things were... This is were, a sad story. I know. This was like a fun, boppy, like, let's go find weed. And, and now I'm like, homophobia exists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I got over it in college, as you heard. Yeah. Went hard with the weed and also just delinquency. Mm-hmm. So I made up for lost time for sure. Mm-hmm. I feel like one of the biggest cultural moments about weed was courtesy of President Bill Clinton as he was running for office, I believe. Someone asked him a question like, have you ever smoked? And he said that, like, yes, but he didn't inhale. And that was the line. Like, yes, I put, like, a joint to my mouth, but I didn't inhale. And everyone's like, what is the point? The point is to get elected. The point is to get elected, right. And he definitely inhaled. Why would you, yeah, why would you put yourself out there and be associated with the drug and not have inhaled? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Be like Obama. He's like, uh-huh. I did it. Mm-hmm. I did inhale. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Way mad respect for Obama. When you run in 2024, your line is going to be, I did, mm-hmm. but it was only to make out with this guy. With this guy, Ryan. Yeah. And it was only 10 to 15 times. You hear that, um, Mom? Yeah. Only 10 to 15. Only 10 to 15 times. That's the lie we're going to tell And only today. like 12 of them were in your house. <laughs> <laughs> so not at all, really. Yeah. Both for me. My platform is do what you have to do to tongue wrestle with a hot guy. Mm -hmm. Well, I definitely can't say that I did not smoke because this podcast is now out there. So, whoops. (laughs) Okay. And so these kids are on spring break. So we're not going to like get kicked off campus for trespassing to look at their weed statue, right? No one's going to tackle us. It's over here on the left, I think. Yeah. I'm going to do a Yui so we can see Louie. Ooh, that was good. Uh, no. You're never having me back on the cooler, are you? <laughs> Every week. So cheesy. 
She's too cheesy. Okay. If I were stoned when you said that, my mind would have exploded <laughs> all over this car. San Rafael High School. Here we are. It says go dogs, spelled D-A-W-G. Dogs. Dogs. You want to just get out and roam around? Yeah. I don't see the statue. no one yells at us. All right. Let's do this. So we are now on the premises of San Rafael High School. Possibly illegally trespassing. So far, no security guards, and we have spotted the statue. Getting closer. He's wearing a silver cape. It's actually way more extravagant than I thought it would be. It actually looks kind of weird. It looks like it was brought here by aliens of some kind. <laughs> There's a bunch of um, like picnic tables around. I mean, I could see like if, if school was in session and it wasn't spring break, how this would be full of high schoolers with their, like I don't know, soda bottles and weed in their pockets. And their Trapper Keepers and Lisa Frank folders. I I don't think they do that anymore. I mean, I'm really sorry. (laughs) And here it is. It says Louis Pasteur. He's wearing a fabulous studded silver cape. He looks really paranoid, actually. He looks high. Yeah, and the cape, uh, we should probably say, it's something like a cross between like what a Confederate soldier would wear and what you would see on Star Trek. Or Game of Thrones. Yeah, totally. Up, <gasps> oh, we have found the mother load. Well, not really. But someone has burned the numbers 420 into this trunk of a tree. Well, it's a stump, really, where a tree once stood. But yeah, it says 420, so there's some kind of little sign, a little commemoration, if you will. There's the evidence, 420, ground zero. We're here, one of us is queer, and neither of us are high. We should work on that. <laughs> All right, let's go take care of that. Okay, I don't think any road trip about marijuana is complete without singing this song by Afro Man. Roll another blunt. I remember downloading this song on Napster and burning it onto a CD. Napster? Napster. You are aging yourself right now. I know, I know. But that's that's how we did it back then. Putting it on a CD and listening to it in my bedroom, like, real low, because I, I don't want my mom to hear that I was listening to it. Of course song. not. But it was so good. You don't know anything about narcotics, <laughs> but you did. But then I got high. Uh, my room is still messed up, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, because I got high. Because I got high. That was amazing. Another track that comes to mind when I think about weed is by Rihanna, Mm. who like invented weed. (laughs) (laughs) And she has a song called James Joint that gets to the point of her whole ethos, really. Let's listen. I'd rather be smoking weed whenever we breathe every time. So for those keeping track, that is the fifth word of the song is weed. The fourth word is smoking. So she did not let us down at all. And I just like the, uh, you know, I would rather be smoking weed whenever we breathe. I mean, that's a a lot of the time. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm breathing like all the time. We can now say that somewhere Rihanna's breathing in MJ vibes. (laughs) Okay, one person we cannot leave out of this mix, though, is 
Snoop Dogg. I mean, the man is an institution, especially around weed. <laughs> so this is one of my favorites. Let's give it a listen. Is this thing on? We're... <laughs> so while we get drunk, so while we smoke weed, we're just having fun. We don't care who sees, so while we go out, that's how it's supposed to be. Living young and wild and free. It's a little high for me, actually. <laughs> All right, so we discovered the answers we were looking for. We saw Louie. We've been around the world in IAI. Mm-hmm. And now we're heading home. And I can only think of one song that can get us there with high spirits. See, I said hi. <laughs> so this song is called Pass the Ducci. It's by Musical Youth. It's basically like if the Jackson 5 went in a different direction and spent a lot of time talking about weed. Here we go. This generation rules the nation. <laughs> Music happened to the be the food of love. Sounds to really make you rub and scrub. I don't know how I feel. There's like a six year old singing about weed. Bunny left, bunny left, I don't actually know the words, I'm just making sounds. <laughs> oh. How did you feel when you got no food? How did you feel when you got no food? Too real. This just got dark, I'm gonna stop it. I'm glad we aren't stoned right now because that was too sobering. So, sorry for all of the listeners who were high while listening to this. We've killed your bus. Now you know. How does it feel when you have no food? Especially when you have the munchies? Real bad. Let's go get some Doritos. Mm. I love this song. This is the perfect song to end a segment about weed with. Yeah. We're st- <laughs> it's it's still stuck in my head. A whole day afterwards, I was like washing a dish, and I was like, "It's contagious. You just uh, you have to." Okay, so this here's my question: Where's the map? So since they never <laughs> since they never found the weed, that means there is a weed map floating around mm, yes. that we can just sort of like go explore with. I suspect the weed is long gone. I did look that up because I was kind of curious myself. But the weed plant is an annual, so it's mm-hmm. not gonna still be here now. Okay, and years then, later. Then a quick question though: It is obvious that that these Waldos have kept the receipts. I heard the flipping through the binder. Right. So they didn't keep the map? No. The map just kind of got lost in time. They had it in the car with them as they were going out there. I'm sure there's like Cheeto crumbles all over it. It's it's soiled with tons of snacks. Probably. (laughs) You know how it is. Maybe they used it as rolling paper. Could be. Could be. It could be. It could be gone. Recycling. Mm. Also, there may be a clue with that raven that was in the background. I heard the bird the whole time. Okay. Maybe the raven carried it I like that you turned it somewhere. into a Game of Thrones type it's, of thing. Exactly. It was a cockatiel. Cockatiel, which is different from a cockatoo we learned on this we trip as learn. well. A cockatiel. Okay. He was very gentle, sometimes loud, but also wary of us. Mm-hmm. It was like not another group of reporters <laughs> coming to find out about this story. Dad, please lock them out. Like, I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. Too much media scrutiny. No pictures, please. No autographs. Yeah. Well, maybe he just he flew it to Westeros and, and we'll never know. Right. So now you know how 420 became a thing. If you want to know even more, go listen to Big Curious 
because there is a sister episode, which is all about this, but stuff you didn't hear in this episode. Yeah. So speaking of Bay Curious, I'm curious about what's a good gateway episode for people who may have not heard the show yet, but want to get into it. But you guys have a lot of episodes. Where do they start? What's your fave episode? I do have one that I really like to recommend people give a listen. We did a story about the history of Irish coffee, which in America first started in San Francisco. So it's all about sort of how Irish coffee got to San Francisco and sort of the the people and the bar that made it happen. And really what makes it a fun episode for me is we brought in some voice actors. So there's a little bit of like radio drama happening Ooh. in the piece. So it's just really fun. You guys are such drama queens over you there. Know, Big we curious. Try. <laughs> we try. Uh, but yeah, we've, we've done a ton of different episodes about just a whole array of things. I mean, another one that I like to talk about is we got this question why are there not any strip clubs in Oakland? Oh, yeah. Mm. There's a really interesting history about sort of how Oakland put some restrictive laws on the books way back in the day, sort of in response to the hippie movement that was happening in San Francisco. Hmm. And actually a person who was really instrumental in helping that to happen was Ronald Reagan, the governor (gasps) of California at the time. So it's kind of the question that you wouldn't think to ask, but then you find this like really delightful story behind yeah, Ronald Reagan in Oakland, don't, he's not the first person that comes to mind when I think about my home city. Not no. at all. <laughs> I don't think of him as having any cred in this area, but this he's... is the kind of stuff you'll learn on Bay Curious. <laughs> okay. Totally. So go check it out. Olivia, where can they do that? Baycurious.org mm-hmm. uh, is one way to find us. But you can also just find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Just mm. search Bay Curious. While our listeners are tap tapping away, subscribing to Bay Curious, I have a question for you. One mm-hmm. last one. Yes. Will you stay for the rest of the episode? Oh, yeah. Hang out with can us. Can we please? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next up, Cardi B and Badass Pregnant Mamas. Because at this point, we all know who Cardi B is, yes? yes? Yes. I mean, she's the woman who makes us feel like we're wearing red bottoms or blood shoes. Uh-huh. Even if you have on, like, flip-flops from Walgreens or Walmart or wherever it is you shopped. Yes? TJ Maxx. Yes. Okay. Target. Target. What can I say? Bodak Yellow is a feel-good song. We know that her career's on the rise. She's mm-hmm. doing big things. Uh, last year, she was, I think, the first female solo rap artist to hit the Billboard 100 in 19 years. Yes. Previously, that honor was like Lauren Hill. That's Whoa. what she. That's how long it's been. The right. Education. Throwback. She's been buzzing recently. She was on SNL. She dropped a new album, Invasion of Privacy. Have you listened? Yes. I was listening on the way here, and now again, I feel like I have red bottoms on. Clearly, not the case. Th- that Kalani song is everything, fire. right? Fire. And yeah. drip drip. I've been dripping. I mean, I'm not <laughs> quite, but I, you know. I wish I was wealthy so I could drip drip. Mm-hmm. And she's got that song with Bruno Mars that was hot. And then she co-hosted The Late Show with Jimmy Fallon. Yes. And she explained to him what the weird sounds she makes mean. Oh, no, 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 as... no. Like that one? Yeah. I can't do it. She has tons of ad-libs. She also does, oh, which she was like, actually, I got that from Khloe Kardashian, which Khloe got from drag culture. But let's not split hairs I thought here. that was a Birdman thing. Well, he does, she does, oh, Instead it, of There's okay. a difference, Jimmy Drew. You sound like Vanilla Ice that one time. Ooh, that is an insult. 
This is a very bird-influenced version of the cooler this week. Right? We well, got the cockatiel. I was going to say, the cockatiel has influenced where we're, where we're going. Totally. Okay. So anyway, if you watched Saturday Night Live, you saw that she revealed that she is with child. She is. Yes. She is. And that was a rumor for quite some time. And when she was asked about it on the red carpet a few months ago, she basically said, you guys need to get off me. I'm not pregnant. Just let me, what, fat in peace? Yes. Do you remember that moment? Iconic. Which, it's kind of a bummer that she wasn't just fatting in peace. She's actually pregnant. Actually I pregnant. know. Because now it kind of takes it, you know. I'm still using it, though. Yeah, same. <laughs> Although not because I'm like the skinniest person alive. <laughs> Yeah, you may make people angry. If yeah, you say you're like, in let peace. me fat in peace, you guys. <laughs> so, leading up to Cardi B's announcement of her pregnancy, there were tons of critics who came out of the woodwork. People had tons of unsolicited feedback, I'm sure. at, per usual, for women. And a lot of people thought that she was ruining her career by even considering being with child no. at this point. Mm-hmm. It is 2018. Come on. Let me just go ahead and read a few of the tweets. Cardi B, you dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Why the f? Would you get pregnant in the prime of your career? Also, I am so disappointed that Cardi B is pregnant. Her career is at such a defining point. She got the industry eating out of her palm right now. I'm not saying women can't do both. I just wish she delayed it a few years. I like the yeah. voice there. Yeah, you yeah. I just I tried to commit. I really tried to commit. <laughs> and I have to admit, I have to do a little confessing. I, too, got nervous oh. when I heard that she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I had to do some soul searching because you guys know I have 25 kids and 35 jobs. Yeah. <laughs> so I I know what it's like to be a mom at work. So I was like, why am I worried for her? Is it like legitimate concern? Which it could be because I had, you know, an inkling of that mm-hmm. too. Because she is on the come up. Her new album isn't even out yet. And yeah. then while she's releasing it, she's going to obviously be sidetracked for a little bit mm-hmm. in labor. She can't be promoing during that. Right. So well, I think some people maybe. were just... <laughs> She's making weird sounds already. Right? <laughs> she could just like Skype in from the delivery, the delivery room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and you know, she got, you know, her fame originated on Instagram. She's like right. an Instagram star. She's known for sharing everything about herself. So, she, I mean, she could be performing or give a concert, be the first live concert in the delivery room. Right. Hmm? So, like, maybe there's legitimacy behind the way you were feeling, or maybe society has ingrained misogyny into us and we feel like it's legitimate, but it's not. I think it's the latter. Because I, I started thinking about all the men who have babies, celebrities. Mm-hmm. When George Clooney and his wife Amal announced that they were having twins, nobody was like, oh, George, this is the end for you. It almost feels like the men don't have to even announce it, though. No, they it's don't. It's like an annu- announcement if, if it's, you know, the woman's celebrity. But and They're in there completely detached from it. Uh-huh. People were just like, so are we going to get another Oceans? Or like, is mm-hmm. that happening? But nobody thought his career was over. And doesn't Offset, who is Cardi B's mm-hmm. fiance, That's have, a whole other thing. this is his fourth child, and he's been on the come up for so long, mm-hmm. the past two years or something, and no one's been saying like, oh, he has another baby. You know what? That's What's a good point. Happen? But like there is a difference because, you know, culturally men don't put as much into it, specifically bodily. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't have to carry they don't, and they deliver. Don't, yeah. So Not that yet. should be said. But I hear your point that there's some bullshit. It is some <laughs> bullshit. So in honor of Cardi B's announcement, I thought that we should reflect on some boss-ass pregnant women and moms, you know, 
just everybody. Oh. Let's just give them their due. I love it. Let's do it. You get a shout out and you get a shout out. <laughs> everybody gets a shout out. And so I want to preface this by saying that this is not a knock on stay-at-home moms or women who decide to make motherhood their career. Because some women do commit and they're like, this is my mm-hmm. hustle. Yeah. And I salute you. And it is a hustle. It's a hustle because I got to talk to adults sometime. So I salute all those women. <laughs> like we all boss up in our own way. But we can't deny that women who have a desire to become mothers also wonder about this balance between motherhood and career. And as somebody who's done both, I have to say it takes strong hustle ethic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've seen you do it. Woo! And I get tired just watching. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of hustle, so let's just let's just. Cardi B gets high high marks in that category. Let's just review, shall we? Yeah. Mm. Let's do it. So Cardi B went from being a little-known exotic dancer, and I'll say exotic dancer because we're in a polite company, yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Wait, am I the polite company? <laughs> yes! <laughs> I just told you we did a story about strippers. That's true. <laughs> so Cardi B went from being a little-known exotic dancer to an Instagram personality. Then she parlayed that Instagram personality stardom into notoriety on a spot for love and hip hop. So yes. then she became a cast member there. And unlike a lot of you girls, she stayed for like two seasons mm-hmm. and then parlayed that into actual fame mm-hmm. and became a bona fide celebrity. And actual coins. Actual coins, like the bag. So hustle isn't a problem here. And Cardi is in some boss ass company because there are plenty of pregnant women and mothers who have been killing it in their respective games for quite some time. So we'll start with another peer in the music industry, Lauren Hill. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Those of you who watched Cardi on SNL might have noticed that when she did her song, Be Careful, she did a little bit of an excerpt from Lauren Hill's X Factor. That little, mm. care for me, care for yes. me. That, yes. Oh. That's from Lauren. I didn't even catch that. I don't know if that was intentional or not because you know they have a lot in common. And also both of them were pregnant when they dropped their freshman album. So Lauren mm. dropped Miseducation of Lauren Hill. She had a whole buzz. She had just left the Fugees. And she even talks about it on her album. She has a song, Zion, in which she talks about people trying to pressure her into not becoming a mother. Look at your career, they say. Lauren, baby, use your head. But instead, I chose to use my heart. Now, the joke now you can say what you will about Lauren. She's got her share of scandals and legal troubles. She's and late all the time. And all <laughs> things. But you cannot take away her accolades, and she's always going to be a legend. And even when she is in concert, people show up for her, even if she does not. Right. <laughs> because sometimes ooh, she, she does like, that. Lauren, it's 1245. Exactly. after midnight. Um, where are, are you coming? You coming? Or, and I'm willing to bet if she dropped music tomorrow, even skeptics would be like, let me go ahead and check this out. Because yeah. it's Lauren. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. So clearly, bosses everywhere. I'm going to move on to another industry. Something a little bit more practical. Business. Mm-hmm. Hmm. There okay. are boss women everywhere in business. And so I'm going to throw out a name. Tell me if you guys recognize it. Okay. Katrina Lake? No. Katrina Lake. Well, you know what? You don't know it. Because she's a boss on the under. Mm. Ooh, okay. An undercover boss? Undercover boss <laughs> in the dopest way possible. So Katrina Lake is the founder of the company Stitch Fix. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I know Stitch Fix. Emmanuel still was like blank stare. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what is it? So Stitch Fix is a web-based styling and fashion subscription company. Oh, so basically I'm Katrina is like, you girls don't have time to shop anymore because nope. all of your bosses. So let me go ahead and help you out by creating a company where you just fill in some preferences and they will, we will have a stylist pick out some outfits for you, send you some options. You try them on. You don't want them, girl, send them back. So doing that, she ended up creating a company that is now worth $2 billion. Damn. And while she, when she was founding it, she was with child. 
damn. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say that you clearly are not in their target demo because their ads follow me everywhere online. Yep. So I'm amazed you have not heard of them. They stalk me on Facebook. They stalk me on Google. Mm-hmm. I have ad blockers, mm-hmm. so I don't see ads. When Katrina took Stitch Fix public, she showed up to the NASDAQ podium with her toddler son on her hip to ring the bell. She was like, what? Mm. I like the symbolism there. Okay. You know, she's like, I'm here. I'm doing this. Come on, little Jimmy. You're coming <laughs> too. Hip. You're coming too. Take that, take that. Another trailblazer also in the fashion slash tech industry is a woman named Jennifer Hyman, also Hyman. Blank Stairs. She is the woman behind, and I'm sure Olivia will know this one, and maybe Emmanuel too, depending on your ad blockers. <laughs> Rent the Runway. Of course, yes. Mm -hmm. I don't. So Rent the Runway is similar to Stitch Fix in that it is fashion-based and tech-based, and it has, like, you know, preferences for your fashion aspirations. However, Rent the Runway is all about renting couture gowns. Very nice. Yes, for, like, weddings. When you got to really show up and you want to look like you're worth more than you make in public radio, that is where you go. That's where you go. Mm -hmm. And so she also... While she was founding her company, met the love of her life, and got pregnant. And guess what? She still raked in the coins. Still raked in the coins. Because you can do both. I'm going to pull over real quick for a little side note just to talk about men who were threatened by successful women. All of them? All of them. (laughs) But specifically one who was at Harvard Business School at the time that Katrina was there. He was her boyfriend. And when she started to become successful, he dumped her Mm -mm. because he said he didn't want to, quote, date his equal. Oh. oh. Mm. Newsflash, you were never her equal. That <laughs> clearly <sounds> extra hard. <laughs> yeah. What a freak. Right? There, there's one boss lady that you are forgetting, I think, though, Ooh. that's worth mentioning. Let me hear. Because she is in the news this very week. Yes. Stormy? It, Tammy Duckworth. Are you familiar? <gasps> She's oh, on yes. my list. Okay. All right. Fine. I'll let you do it then. No, go ahead. Okay. Well, so, so Tammy Duckworth, she is a Democrat from Illinois. She's a senator. Mm-hmm. And she is the first U.S. senator to give birth mm-hmm. while in office. Isn't that crazy? She did that. It's Sorry. crazy it took this long. It, yeah. It's insane. Apparently... Ten women have given birth while in office, but they were all in Congress. She's the first one to do it as a senator. On top of that, honey, she had her first one when she was 47 because this is her second child. She's now 50. She's having the second one. And this was not a mistake. She did IVF. Okay? She was like, I'm having this baby. I don't Mm -hmm. care how old I am. I don't care what my profession is. Making it work. So the next time somebody tells you you're too old or the next time you're worried about your, your career, career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. can you, you do it? Can you, you say it all? Duckworth. Just say Duckworth to yourself, mm-hmm. silently. <laughs> Just Duckworth. Yeah. And that'll get you there. I'm glad you brought up politics because there are plenty of boss women making moves in politics. Let's talk about Jacinda Arden. She is the prime minister of New Zealand. Pregnant. Boom. Pregnant. Okay. Also, Australian Senator Larissa Waters, who became the first woman to breastfeed in the nation's parliament. I mean, she just whipped it out. She was like, I'm here. And I bet some men had some feelings about it. I'm sure they did. had some feelings. But she did it. Okay? So, yes, we can. And yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Well, you just have to do it. I mean, for something like that. Like, if don't, don't even have the discussion. Just do it. It's much easier to, what is it, ask forgiveness yes, than permission. Exactly. But not even that. But you're not even asking Get forgiveness. Over Get, Get over, over it. it. You're asking for nothing. Mm-hmm. The next time you're worried about your hustle and you're worried about whether or not you can accomplish your goals, you just think about Aisha Champs. She always dreamed of being a lawyer, but thought it was out of reach because she had five children. She lost her partner to cancer, lost her home, mm-hmm. lost her job, and hit rock bottom. A mentor urged her to get her GED, and guess what? She just graduated from law school. 
Boom. Wow. Boom. You can make it happen. So champs it up mm-hmm. with Aisha. Okay. I would buy a book by her. I would watch a TV show with her in it. I'm just saying. I'm into it. And there are plenty of other examples all around us. I'll just go ahead and do some quick hit lists right now. Uh, Serena Williams. Yes. Uh, snatching yes. wigs mm-hmm. at U.S. <laughs> Opens while she was with child. Uh, Beyonce, do I even need to say? Nope. Hello. And this year alone in 2018, Mindy Kaling. Yes. Popping out a baby boss. Aisha Curry mm-hmm. doing boss things Absolutely. in the chef world. Having babies. Cover girl. Chrissy Teigen. Yes. She's all over Lip Sync Battle. She's a celebrity foodie. And her and John Legend are pushing out another baby. Uh, Ugly Betty actress America Ferreira is expecting a child. Love her. Kate Hudson is out here with her Fabletics, but also popping out babies, too. So that's happening. And side note, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is expecting a child. I don't hear anybody fretting over his career prospects. Nope. Mm. (laughs) Haven't heard a peep. If you need more inspiration, just Google 50 Most Successful Moms, and you'll find a list put together by WorkingMother.com. So much inspiration. Mm. Mm. I'm going to like print that out and tack it up on my bulletin board at yeah. work. Just like it's there. It'll mm-hmm. be there. You need faces and inspiration. So at the end of the day, we don't know what's going to happen with Cardi B. She may be here tomorrow. Maybe not. Emmanuel has his ideas. <laughs> I do. She'll be here. We've established she is a hustler. Yes. And she is going she will hustle. to continue to set the world on fire. <laughs> Clarification for those who didn't listen to that episode where it came up. I said... That certain people who get famous because they're really charming and on their personality like Jennifer Lawrence and these types of people mm. end up getting on the culture's nerves. And then the same things that made them so likable in the first place all of a sudden is a bad thing. So mm. I think people are fickle and will turn on Cardi, but I'm not going to. We are here for you, Cardi. That is the end of my clarification. Okay. <laughs> Wait, did people turn on Jennifer Lawrence? Oh, yes. beyond. That's happened? Yes. Oh, vicious. Everyone hates her now. That's I need a, to catch up. Go, you got to listen to the episode. I need vicious. to catch up. Okay. So we don't know what's going to happen no. with her career. We don't. Even, most of us don't even know what's going to happen with our careers. Right. Okay. Oh. And especially... This just got dark. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen. But what we do know is that it is possible to be a boss-ass woman even if you're pregnant or a mother. So let's just stop trying to drag women down in this day and age, can we? We can. Let's hold yes, each other up, ladies. Can. Yes, yes, we, we can. can. Yes, si we puede. can. Si se puede. <laughs> it's the big and the big. Hey, the big and the big. Hey. You know what that song means. It's time for our peek in the pit. Hey. Hey. Woo. (laughs) (laughs) Am I doing this right? You fit in so well. (laughs) So this week's pit. Hmm. I'm sorry to say the Grim Reaper has snatched one of the greatest creative geniuses of our time. Okay. Well, Prince is already gone. So it's like, who's left? Yeah. Bowie's gone. Stephen Hawking's gone. I mean, we're in a cold, cold place in pop culture. So (sighs) who else? And now to add to that list, keyboard cat. No, oh, I don't even know. Explain who, <laughs> what? It's the cat. That's this. Keyboard oh, is this cat. a gifable cat? Keyboard cat is Got a it. meme where someone has dressed up this cat in a little outfit, and the cat is playing the keyboard. Oh, I've seen. And I know now that you've explained it. It does that little song too. And it's usually used as a way to like play someone off when like their time's done. Mm-hmm. It's like Night at the Apollo with the little cane. You're, you're, and you're finished. Yeah. It's basically the music at the Oscars when you need to leave the stage. Yeah. Exactly. Bye. You know, not much brings us together as a people these days. And this meme did. 
like mm-hmm. Republicans, Democrats, all the races. Breaking down barriers, really. Yes. yes. We just all love Keyboard Cat. And so when I saw R.I.P. Keyboard Cat, I had some feelings. Oh, no. Shed a tear. He was eight years old. His name is Bento. Mm-hmm. Live fast, die young, apparently. Yeah. Like, eight is not that old. Especially for a cat. They live to like 15. Yeah, they do. I know. But I mean, maybe the stress of like being mm-hmm. an Instagram celebrity and stuff. They just, say the good die young. Right. So this is a pit within a pit. Because I was sad about that. <laughs> then I read a little bit further. Turns out the original footage is from the 80s. The original keyboard cat, His whose, whose name is Fatso, rude, has been dead for years oh, and years and years. Oh. So this guy who originated the first clip with his old, old, old cat, Fatso, mm-hmm. got a new cat that looks no. just like Fatso. Imposter. Once the meme took off, and he's like, okay, I'm going to have one that looks just like it. No. And it's not like he was saying it's the same cat, but he just was capitalizing by making new videos. Mm. He wasn't saying it. New... He was not saying that it wasn't, it wasn't the same cat. I feel duped. Yeah, me too. And so it's like, okay, Bento's dead. That sucks. Fatso's been dead, yeah. and we didn't even know about it. So now it. you have to grieve twice. Yes. And he didn't yeah. get it. He never got his roses. Right. Fatso never got his roses. Like basically for our entire lives, Fatso has been dead. Mm. And that's not right. So we're going to let that go. Whew. Let it go. I'm depressed. Oh. I'll raise your spirits with the following story, which is also Ooh. about an animal. Okay. You know, and it's an animal theme. Let's do it. I Why love not? a theme. So my peak of the week goes out to a woman named Natalie Belsito. She's a freshman at Central Michigan University. Mm. And, you know, like most freshmen, she was probably just like, Strolling around campus, maybe skipping class or plotting on changing her major for the second time. Or celebrating 420. I mean, whatever. Look, yeah, possibilities are endless. Let Natalie be Natalie. She's just walking, minding her business. Then, within a campus pond, she sees something alarming. Mm. It her is. Her reflection? <laughs> <laughs> it was not her reflection. It was actually a beautiful squirrel oh no you know i don't do squirrels. i know yeah. you don't <laughs> yeah i feel about them rats okay. with tails yes pretty much <laughs> bushy so, tails so i'll turn my chair and just look at olivia okay. for this story then. i'm ready to absorb this answer okay so this squirrel is drowning <gasps> and a less heroic person would maybe take an instagram story slap on hashtag mood on it and keep on who moving. would do that mm. you would do that i wouldn't i said a less heroic mm-hmm. i am a hero i okay. mean i wouldn't do that but i would walk away you would push its little <laughs> okay. head down you, you are... would play cukeboard cat to that thing, <laughs> to that little squirrel. Wrap it up. Yeah. Bye. Just junk its head under and be like, you are just a rat with a nicer outfit. You're done. Not fooled. So Natalie did not keep walking. She fished this squirrel, who we'll call Dwight. Dwight. Mm-hmm. That's a nice Good name, name for a squirrel. Yeah. She gets Dwight, collects him, puts him on the ground. CPR. It's too late. Mm. Dwight, if, if stop you tell breathing. me this woman put her mouth on that squirrel. We are going to have a problem. If that is the next thing that you say, I might get up and walk out of the studio. <laughs> well, get to step in because. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So she was like, this woodland creature is not going to die on my watch Mm-mm. at all. This is not happening. So she's like, okay, CPR. How do we do that? And then she remembers some lessons she learned, not in school, but by watching The Office. No, <gasps> I knew. I know. Mm-mm. In this episode of The Office, they learn how to do CPR to the tune of the Bee Gees' Staying Alive. Same beats. Uh, no. uh, 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 staying alive, staying alive. Okay, so next time you find a squirrel, you could do that and help it out. So anyway, she does this. Compre- chest compression. Yes. Dwight takes a breath, opens his eyes, and says, hey girl, thanks for the solid. No. 
She takes him into her dorm room, dries him and warms him with a hair dryer, lets him chill out for a few hours. Is this and a then, love story? And then releases him into the wild. Mm. It is a love story, but like they don't end up together okay. because they're it's... from separate worlds. Oh my gosh. It's like the beginning of Little Mermaid. Like she's from below and he's he has legs. So she lets him go. You know, if you let it go and it comes back, then it's yours. That's mm. what Christina Aguilera taught me in Genie in a Bottle. And it stays true to this day. So Dwight is doing really well. And she needs a rabies shot. <laughs> so it's too late for that. <laughs> She's foaming at the mouth. Mm-hmm. No one's seen her for a couple of days. It's fine. We don't talk about that, though. Yeah. And so Dwight is like hoarding acorns right now at this very moment. So next time someone Mm-mm. tries to suggest that TV is a mindless medium that we can't learn anything from, you tell them about Natalie and Dwight. No, what I will tell them is that no advice that is associated <laughs> with Michael Scott, no good can come of it. Mm-hmm. Clearly. You were like, you should have let that squirrel die. Dip, yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 stand up, stand up. That does remind me actually of a story from college, which I can tell briefly, I think. Um, where we had one of those little inflatable swimming pools that oh, you yeah. fill with water. And it's North Carolina. It's hot as balls in the summer. So you just sit out there in the water and you know drink beers and whatever in the evenings. But I came out one day with my PBR ready to relax and chill in the kiddie pool. And I go up to the edge and there is a drowned squirrel uh-uh. in no. the pool. Gross. Uh-uh. Gross. But I'm like, I got to do something about it. I put on... A glove. Uh-oh. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dwight's granddad. <laughs> I reach into the pool and kind of, my goal was to pick it up kind of by the tail because I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to grab. Mm-mm. I don't want to grab the body. juices come out, I'm going to walk through this again. <laughs> mm-hmm. I grab the tail. I pull up and all the fur. Nope. 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 <laughs> all the fur comes up and the little body just slides right back out. And, and, and I'll tell you what, did he pool. expose himself as a rat? It was a rat. Okay, thank you. It was a rat. They are they are rats. All the fur came off the tail, and just basically a rat fell back mm-hmm. into the pool, and then I was done. I mean, I was already really pushing myself to do that much, and then I was like, I can't. This is where you draw the line. This is where we have to ask one of the boys who stays in the house to deal with this now. Whoa. Oh, That's well, probably Dwight's family has been through so much. Yeah. Anyway. Clearly. We end every episode with the song, Olivia, your choice. Okay. I'm really excited because this week- Janelle Monet came out with the best music video I feel like I've ever seen in my yes. life. Yes. Pink, P-Y-N-K. Mm-hmm. I have been watching it on loop for the past three days, I guess, since it came out. Is it three days ago? It must have been. I've lost track of time. We've all lost track of time. It's so good. I think, I mean, there's so many things to pick apart about it, and we could probably make a whole episode about how great this video is. My favorite part, and I think this is a lot of people's favorite part, is the vagina pants. Yes. yes. I mean, the video opens, and she's got vagina pants on, and I just need a pair of those. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm going to work on that. But if we could just listen to that song, I would. it would make my day. Yes. And it'll make your day, dear listener, a bit queer, because that's another great thing about that music mm-hmm. video. She's like, oh, you thought I was dating Tessa Thompson? Mm-hmm. Look at her head peeking out of my vagina pants. <laughs> How else can I tell you that she knows all about the pink, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. All about the pink. Let's just go ahead and confirm it. Yes. So in honor of the power mm-hmm. of Janelle, Tessa, and the puss. Yes. Pink by Janelle Monet. Pink like the inside of your baby. Pink behind all of the doors. Crazy pink like the tongue that goes through. 
So we got to give a shout out to the godfather of our podcast, David Marcus. And also special thanks to Ashley Ann Krigbaum. Mm-hmm. And Carolyn Pennypacker-Riggs. Hey, girl. Hey. Until next time, you can find us on social media. I'm Excuse My Beauty with the first D on Instagram without the first D on Twitter. He's so complicated. I'm at Jamidra Says on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at O. Allen Price on Instagram and Twitter. Consistent. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel. Mm. Get on that. <laughs> Let's count the ways we could make this last forever. Sunny, money, keep it, funky, touch it, top it, let it down. Mm-hmm.